It's HSK Today, a weekly in-depth look at the Henderson Silver Knights and the AHL with your host, Brian McCormick. And here we go, live from the Dollar Loan Center on a beautiful Wednesday afternoon. This is HSK Today. Brian McCormick here. You there, Lindsey Brown on the other side of the glass as we talk Silver Knights hockey and get you set for tonight's contest. The Silver Knights taking on the San Jose Barracuda. We will once again on a Wednesday afternoon, that is a game day, treat this as an extended pregame show, if you will, before we throw it to Justin Russo at 6.30 this evening for the real thing to get you ready for puck drop. But uh, we're going to focus in on what tonight's matchup against the San Jose Barracuda is going to look like. And for the Henderson Silver Knights, after a, uh, a wildly successful three-game road trip, they now have the next four on home ice. They'll play San Jose tonight. They'll have two this weekend against the Abbotsford Canucks. And then on December the 22nd, they'll welcome the Coachella Valley Firebirds before playing their last game on the road on the 23rd before the Christmas break. So we'll get you set for Barracuda tonight. Nick Nolenberger, the voice of the San Jose Barracuda, will join us in segment two. Uh, And at the end of the show, we'll talk a little bit uh, of soccer as well as the newest member of the FEG family, uh, AF Bournemouth of uh, the uh, Premier uh, football league in uh, Europe. We'll we'll get uh, Eric Tosi, the chief uh, marketing officer, on the air to give us a little bit more background on that newest edition uh, of the VGK sporting family. So lots to discuss. But if you are a Vegas hockey fan, uh, it's got to be really really hard uh, to wake up this morning without a smile on your face. The Vegas Golden Knights with a 6-5 win over the Winnipeg Jets last night. That was gritty. That was uh, really re- responsive to uh, a lot of hardship and, and a lot of roster challenges. The Golden Knights uh, dealing with tons of injuries. And if you're a Silver Knights fan, you know that because the Silver Knights have had several of their top uh, or most relied upon performers called up to the VGK. That included Braden Pahal, who was in the lineup for Vegas last night. Caden Korzak and Jonas Romburg up with the VGK as well. Uh, so we're going to see how the Silver Knights respond to that this evening. They've already been going through a little bit of roster depletion over the course of the last couple of games with the uh, additions from ECHL Savannah of Daniel D'Amato. Patrick Gay, who has since been sent back to ECHL Savannah as the Silver Knights getting a little bit healthier heading into this week. But Daniel D'Amato, Peter Dilibratori, uh, Patrick Gay for the two games that he was up, and now Connor Corcoran called up from the Savannah Ghost Pirates yesterday as well. So he'll be available to the HSK tonight. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the Silver Knights getting a little healthier in some areas. As we mentioned, while uh, three guys went up and three have been brought up from Savannah, Patrick Gay was sent back to Savannah, which uh, implies that uh, reinforcements are coming for head coach Manny Viveros. But impossible if you're a Silver Knights fan not to feel good about the three-game road trip where the Silver Knights won all three going to Ontario and then twice at Budweiser Event Center in Loveland, uh, two tough places to go in and win, and the Silver Knights came out with six points. So you're smiling for that. And if you were paying attention to the VGK last night, you're also smiling because Daniil Miramanov, who's been such an important part of this Silver Knights squad over the last two, really two and a half seasons, uh, up in the NHL with the Vegas Golden Knights last night, playing his 17th career NHL game and scoring his first NHL goal. It sounded like this. Wheeler on the right boards, lost it to Carlson, who springs Smith up the left side. He pulls into the slot. Back from Miramanov, shoots, he scores! Daniel Miramanov, his first National Hockey League goal, set up on the rush by Riley Smith. 
The righty Miramanov from the high right side goes low on Connor Hellebuck to tie the game. And Daniil Miramanov was not done. That was his first career NHL goal. He would add assists on power play tallies for Jonathan Marchessault. Two power play tallies for Jonathan Marchessault in the third period to put the VGK in front for good. So uh, for Miramanov, uh, again, he's one of the players I think that is, this is a unique time for him because if you heard Bruce Cassidy's injury updates yesterday for the Golden Knights, he listed Jack Eichel as day-to-day. He should be back in the relatively near future. Shea Theodore is week-to-week. That's going to take a little bit longer. Zach Whitecloud is month-to-month. That's going to take a lot longer. And, of course, Alex Petrangelo has been out uh, due to personal uh, issues, and and that's uh, indefinite, so you're not sure when he might be available again. So, you know, we always hear coaches say, and sincerely, that, okay, we've got injuries. That's just a chance for someone to step up. That's a chance for someone to make an impression, to, to make something of the opportunity. It's always true, but sometimes that opportunity is... Not all opportunities are the same, right? You might have a player called up because this player is day-to-day and we're going to bring you up and you're probably only going to be here for a few days, but you'll get some opportunities and you can show us what you can do. You can make an impression for next time. You know, some of these players, when they come up, they know it's for a limited amount of time no matter what they do. For Daniil Miramanov, when you look at the injuries that the Golden Knights have and when you consider the fact that Daniil Miramanov got considerable time last year with the Golden Knights, albeit with a different coaching staff, but he uh, played in you know a dozen or so games uh, with, the, with the Golden Knights last year. Played well, and you could make an argument, I would imagine, that with this, this season, heading into training camp a couple of months ago, and especially with a, you know, a, a tight cap situation for the VGK on paper, if Daniil Miramanov isn't rehabbing from his shoulder injury, if he's 100% healthy and doesn't miss training camp, he's probably a player that would have gone in with a legitimate opportunity, a, a chance to go in there and win a job. Not saying it would have happened or not, but he probably would have been a guy who had a real chance to do something like what Paul Cotter did or Jake LeCision to make the team full-time. He had the, uh, the, the background... A little bit of track record and an opportunity to say, okay, what'd you do this summer to get better? Now, of course, he spent the entire summer uh, rehabilitating. All of that is to say he's getting that opportunity now. It looks like there's going to be plenty of tether there for him to work with to continue to prove himself uh, with the you know, contributors like Theodore, like White Cloud, like Petrangelo, any combination of those three. They're not all three coming back tomorrow. So there's going to be real opportunity for Bruce Cassidy to, to lean on him, to give him opportunity to, to experiment and say, okay, you did well with this. Let's see how you do with that. Uh, and so far, Miramanov has done everything right. The points last night were, were a, 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 for him, a joy, I'm sure, but also a huge step in the right direction because he was doing things for Vegas that we've seen him do for Henderson. And as Bruce Cassidy said, we're going to develop the defensive part of his game. Daniel Miramanov would tell you himself that's the part where he needs to get better to be an everyday NHLer. Uh, but what a step in the right direction and what an opportunity that I think Daniel Miramanov really has the opportunity to seize because he's, you know, it, it, there's a very good chance that he's going to have a little bit of. He's going to earn more opportunities to, to get a longer and longer look, and the Golden Knights are going to need more time on the back end uh, before they get healthy again. So great news for Daniil Miramanov, a great showing last night, and a big win for the VGK, one of the more satisfying wins this season, what the Golden Knights were able to do against a very talented first place in the Central, now second place in the Central Winnipeg Jets team. And the Golden Knights had a lot of reasons to have excuses, didn't use any of them. Young guys stepped up and played well. Speaking of young players uh, stepping up and and playing well and 
young defenseman for that matter as well. As we mentioned, the Silver Knights had a th- uh, are in the midst of a three-game winning streak, a four-game point streak, and Lucas Cormier uh, helped to make that happen over the course of the weekend with the first overtime win for the HSK this season. It was Lucas Cormier with a highlight reel to get the Silver Knights two points in Loveland. Gives for Martin Cout on the left wing. He'll carry out to center. Cow with speed against Cormier. Cuts to the inside. Leaves it Galchenyuk. Back for Cout. And save made with the left pad by Patera. Spreading out across the ice. He got the left toe on it. And overtime goes on. Stretch pass. Silver Knights on the attack. Here's Cormier to the backhand. He scores. That's a winner for Lucas Cormier in overtime. And the Silver Knights pick up a 3-2 win. And boy, does that does that clip really just kind of encapsulate everything going right for the Silver Knights right now. Again, they've won three in a row. Uh, they have points in four straight. They could very easily have points in five straight if they were able to find a way in the one nothing loss to Coachella Valley uh, a week and a half back. And another game where they played very, very well. And we talked to Manny Viveros over the course of the weekend. He said, you know what, I think the turn for us... Uh, started before the road trip and he said it was back-to-back games against Coachella Valley where they played well played well defensively and played games in the third period they believed they could win and that's been such a change for the Silver Knights uh, over the course of the last week again we're going to see how it sticks because there's uh, still a lot of season left and for the Silver Knights still some climbing to do coming into tonight's game at 9 15 and 1 but they have overtaken San Diego they are right on the heels of Bakersfield for eighth in the Pacific, and it's going to have to be a slow, steady climb from here on out. But for the Silver Knights, they played very similar games to what we've seen all season long, which is to say one-goal games in third periods, tied games in third periods, and a Silver Knights team that didn't blow up offensively. It's not like they scored six goals in each win this past weekend. No, they scored three against Ontario, three on Friday in Colorado, three on Saturday in Colorado. And again, the third uh, goal on Friday was the overtime winner for Lucas Cormier. For the Silver Knights, the difference is, I think, a, a bit of a comfort level with what they are, which is to say we're midway through December. This is not a team that scores a lot of goals. That can change, but right now you got a good enough sample size that this is a Silver Knights team that's probably going to win low, tight-scoring games with good goaltending. That's hard to do. It's better to do when you get used to it, when you accept it as your identity, when you're comfortable in third periods, knowing that you can win that way and not constantly looking over your shoulder thinking to yourself, okay, when's the next shoe going to drop? Because that's what November was like. This is a Silver Knights team now that with six minutes left in the third period of a 2-2 hockey game aren't worried about it. And to further demonstrate that, the Silver Knights on Friday gave up the late goal in the third period to Colorado on the tally by Martin Kaut, and that's usually for this season when the Silver Knights would say, all right, this one got away again, and you move on to the next day. They didn't do that. They got on the power play late, pulled the goalie for the extra skater. Gage Quinney scored the tying goal. They got into overtime and found a way to win. This is a Silver Knights team now that you can just see it in their DNA. Far, far more comfortable playing low-scoring games, knowing they're going to get goaltending because of late Yuri Patera, Laurent Brassois have both been uh, fantastic. They know they're going to get the production they need between the pipes if they don't get it offensively. You still want more goals. It's still something to build towards. But if you're going to have to win games where you grind teams down and win 2-1, win 3-2, you got to learn how to do that. And over the past week, this looks like a Silver Knights team that has kind of learned how to find comfort in their own skin 
in those kinds of settings and finding ways to win. Earlier today, in preparation for tonight's game against San Jose, we caught up with head coach Manny Viveros, talked about that and a little bit more. Here's Manny. With head coach Manny Viveros, uh, coach, again, you guys came off a three-game road trip that you swept. You thought that the increase in production for you guys came prior to that, but how important was this past week for your players to have something to, to feel really good about as, as the season continues? Well, we, we talked about it yesterday and also this morning here. There, there were certain reasons um, why, you know, that we've kind of taken off in a small little run here and how our games improved not over the last couple of weeks, over the last month, is just our, our commitment to the details and how we're playing the game. And more important, is just how, how, how we're, we're just skating. We're skating a lot more. And a big part of that, too, is we're coming back, uh, helping our defense. And we're not gliding on the way back, we're coming back. Like all three forwards are coming back and helping the defensemen here. So we're more connected in all three zones. And, uh, you know, that's for, for a big reason why we're not spending as much time in our in our D zone coverage here. So uh, that part is, uh, it's good to see. It's taking a little bit of time for us to kind of uh, work together as five, a five-man unit. But now we, now it's working. You can see the results of it uh, over the last little while. Judging from morning skate, it looks like there might be a couple of forwards. Are you ready to get back in the lineup? Yeah, no. Uh, uh, Brisson and uh, and Spencer Fru are going to be back in the lineup today, and uh, we're really looking forward to have both those guys back in. Obviously, Brandon was out for a little bit with a with a, an injury, and then uh, with Spence also too. He's been out uh, over the last week here, so much needed fresh legs and, and skill. Obviously, uh, you know Brennan, uh, what he's able to do offensively and and, and his vision of the game is really going to help us out. And also with Spencer, his speed and uh, the way he's been playing of late before he had that little minor injury that sort of can help us out and just he's playing with much more confidence. Some injuries at the VGK level that's brought some call-ups that influences the organization all the way down of course but Bruce Cassie said something interesting yesterday and I'm paraphrasing but with what the organization went through injury-wise last year, this is a group that's pretty well prepared to, to handle those kinds of ebbs and flows. Certainly, we've been through this uh, now. This is my third season in here, so we, we're kind of prepared for that and understand it that uh, at any time you can lose some of your players and get called up, whether they're playing really well or because of injury-wise. And uh, uh, we're so happy to see our guys go up last night and contribute and play very well. But that's something that, again, it's an opportunity for some other players to get extra ice time here and continue to keep developing here. So it's, it's it's part of being in an American Hockey League, and you got to expect the unexpected times here. But we look at it as a great opportunity for some other guys to get some more ice time, and uh, we feel that we're deep enough and, and good enough that we're going to be fine. Four goals in the last three games for Gage Quinney. What's working right now for him? Shoot the puck. It really is. Uh, you look. You look at uh, you know the whole theme of as far as what we want to uh, you know, get more pucks and people towards the net and stuff like that. And he's been certainly shooting the puck and on top of that we've had people uh, in front of the goalie's eyes too. It makes a, a world of difference as far as when, uh, increasing your chances of scoring when you have traffic in front. And that was head coach May Viveros and for the uh, Henderson Silver Knights again one of the big boosts they're going to get tonight as they're playing well and they're playing well missing some significant personnel. They were playing well with Daniel D'Amato and Patrick Gay playing pretty big roles. Daniel D'Amato seeing ice time and overtime to set up the Lucas Cormier game winner. Uh, this is a team that relied on the youth and relied on the structure and got it done with some of their uh, ECHL additions and now they get some big names back. Spencer Fu, Brendan Brisson back in the lineup tonight, both coming back from lower body injuries. That's a huge addition for the HSK and I know some fans curious if not concerned about Brendan Brisson and when he would return. He will be back in the lineup 
tonight. Uh, and Gage Quinney continues to roll three-game goal-scoring streak, four goals in that span, helping to drive the Silver Knights offensively. We'll step out, but when we come back, we'll get a little perspective on the San Jose side as Nick Nolenberger, the voice of the San Jose Barracuda, joins the program. You're listening to HSK Today. Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. I only have one question. Where is Brian McCormick? Silver Knights fans, the top two women's hockey teams in the world will go head-to-head in Henderson tomorrow night. The U.S. and Canadian women's national teams face off at the Dollar Loan Center in the rivalry series, continuing their never-ending battle for international ice hockey supremacy. Head online today to thedollarloancenter.com and get your tickets, thedollarloancenter.com, to see the best female players in the world in one of the sport's true great rivalries, U.S. and Canada at the DLC tomorrow night. Well, before we get to that, there's hockey to be played this evening as the Henderson Silver Knights take on the San Jose Barracuda for the fourth time this season. Barracuda have won each of the first three, including the last meeting in this building. And to help get us caught up on what to expect from the Barracuda tonight, we have the voice of the San Jose Barracuda, Mr. Nick Nolenberger. Nick, thanks for taking the time, and uh, great to see you in town again. Yeah, nice to see you as well, Brian. Always fun to come out to Vegas. There's such a great rivalry between the National Hockey League teams. I think it... uh, Really just picked uh, picked up right where basically the NHL team had left it when when Henderson joined the Pacific Division, and uh, it'll be the fourth matchup on this eight game season series. And you know Vegas and Henderson has been a been a very very tough place to play for the Barracuda in in the history of these two teams going at it. Um, so to get a win in, in in Dollar Loan Center the last time we were here was a really big deal. In fact, the team was zero and ten between the playoffs and the regular season for that yeah. point. So. Always fun to come out to Vegas. Always fun to get these two teams head-to-head. Now, yeah, they broke through last time, and uh, right now a, a great start to the season for the San Jose Barracuda, especially when you consider what uh, last year's record was. But the Barracuda over the last six games about playing 500 hockey. But uh, right now a lot of the, the big names up front, a lot of them uh, came to town with you, Nick. But on the back end, as you talk about the Silver Knights being affected by injuries and call-ups, so are the Barracuda, and it's especially uh, emphasized on the blue line. Yeah, very much so. It's, it's been interesting this year, and you mentioned last year, the way things ended, 15 straight losses to end the year. And it was a very green team, a very inexperienced team. There wasn't a ton of prospects on the team last year, and that has totally uh, changed this year. This is a team loaded with prospects. You know, the Sharks took nine forwards in the 2020 draft. That was a franchise record, and a lot of those guys are contributing this year. Now, nine forwards means they didn't take any defense. And this year we've seen it kind of uh, rear its ugly head in terms of depth on the blue line. Ryan Morkley was the number one pick. He's been kind of the, the only regular in the lineup this year from an NHL contracted standpoint. Montana Nabucci and Patrick Seeloff are two guys on AHL deals who have played pretty darn well given the circumstances. Seeloff was a veteran who came into training camp as a tryout player, had experience in the American hockey. They could play a couple of games in the NHL. He's really been a calming veteran presence back there. Montana Andrucci's taken a big leap. But a player familiar to Golden Knights fans and Silver Knights fans is Derek Pouliot, who was brought in on an AHL deal and got off to a tremendous start, but has dealt with an upper body injury for the last month. So uh, between him and Terry Hotzika, who is a prospect defenseman who played some games last year in the NHL, he too has been out for now 
over a month and a half. We'll see if uh, he's able to get back onto the ice here. So all of a sudden you're ravished by injuries. Nick Chichek is a guy who played all of last year on an American League deal inside his entry-level contract this offseason. He's up in the NHL, so uh, the decor has been very, very impacted by the injury bug all of a sudden, and the team's had to play with three PTO contracted players over the last handful of games. So it's been it's kind of been a revolving door in the blue line, uh, but given the circumstances from a defensive standpoint, they've done a pretty good job as a collective group, so we'll see if that can continue. We're with Nick Nolenberger, voice of the San Jose Barracuda. And I wonder, Nick, when you look at the, uh, the the special teams metrics, the San Jose penalty kill that was sparkling for much of the start of the season, that's come back down to earth a little bit over the last 10 games. Does all the uh, the blue line volatility factor into that as well? Yeah, big time. I think that has been a, a major factor. And another thing our coach uh, mentioned, John McCarthy mentioned when I spoke to him the other day, he said, We've been on the penalty kill just too much. This is a team that has taken more minors than anybody in the AHL. So he says uh, that maybe teams have a, a better blueprint on what they're trying to do from a penalty killing standpoint because there's been so many examples of it. Uh, the Barracuda are number two in the league in penalty minutes per game. They've, they've had trouble staying out of the penalty box when they've given up a power play goal this year. I think there's something like one and eight. So um, they've struggled when they have had to kill too many penalties. Uh, that being said, the penalty kill has really been a, a bright spot of the team throughout the year. Now, it's fallen off a little bit. Just the other night, they gave up four power play goals against a very good Coachella team. So um, we'll see what we get tonight. The following night, they were perfect on the PK. But again, I think it's been impacted by the revolving door of personnel on the blue line. The goaltending has just been spectacular this year, kind of a three-headed monster. But at times, recently at least, it's, it's wavered a little bit. I think that's because of what has been in front of it. Um, so this penalty kill, again, has been something that has been really encouraging, especially given the fact that it was dead last last year in the league and pretty much sat at the bottom of the league throughout the year. So there's been some, some drastic improvement, but it has been impacted by, by some of the injuries that have started to creep up as of late. Nick, you mentioned prospects earlier and that there's a, a lot more uh, big-name up-and-comers on the San Jose Barracuda this season. Vegas Golden Knight fans who watched the Silver Knights look at players like Brendan Brisson and Lucas Cormier, and they get excited and say, when can we get our hands on them? They, those are a couple of the players that they're excited to see take big leaps uh, every time they come to the arena. And for Sharks fans, I would imagine it's no different with William Eklund and Thomas Bordalo, who are having great seasons and also bring a, a dose of flash to the game as well. Yeah, you can't have enough offense, right? It's, it's a running gun style of game these days um you've got to score and, and this has been a team that's really really relied on the young players to provide offense the rookie class has scored over 50 percent of the goals which is really encouraging that's number one in the ahl in terms of a rookie class and their production offensively the problem has been has, has been the depth scoring the team ranks near the bottom of the league in terms of goals for but the young guys have been at, as advertised william Eklund, the number one pick from a couple of years ago Spent last year over in Sweden. He played his nine games in the NHL, and then without burning his, his entry-level deal at least one year on his ELC, they sent him back over to Sweden, finished up the rest of the year. And now this is his first full season in North America. Uh, he comes into tonight's game riding a five-game point streak, has goals in back-to-back games. Thomas Bordalo, um, is he's really interesting in the fact that if you talk to him, he's a really mature kid, really articulate, uh, has a really unique background. His dad was playing pro in Texas when he was born, grew up mostly in Europe, and now spends his his off seasons in Quebec, but played for the U.S. national program and played two years at the University of Michigan 
with Rasan, as you mentioned, yeah. uh, Golden Knights, uh, highly touted prospect as well. So um, it's been really fun to see those guys. Tristan Robbins is another guy who's taken in the second round in that class with Thomas Bordalo, as I mentioned, nine forwards drafted. Daniil Gushin was another draft pick from that class who's starting to find a, a little bit of a groove as well. He comes in to tonight's game riding a three-game point streak and has nine points over his last seven. So these young guys have really, really started to grow. Uh, you can just see it from, from a night-to-night standpoint. The confidence has increased as well. Um, and, and that's what, what the AHL is all about, right? It's a developmental league. It allows for guys to get their feet wet at the professional level. And for Sharks fan, uh, you know, the, the goal would be that they marinate this year in the, in the AHL and then can step in hopefully next year on a more full-time basis at the NHL level. And sometimes, Nick, we see with younger players a youthful uh, exuberance, if you will. I was going to say arrogance, but that, that word has a negative connotation. I mean it in a positive way. Uh, young players who maybe don't know what they don't know. Uh, but when, like, when we were in San Jose earlier in the season, in the same game, Thomas Bordalo and William Eklund on two-on-one rushes made centering passes with the stick between their legs, Merrick Malik style. On a two-on-one, and I thought to myself, look at the play. Then they're all right. They're good players, uh, but there's also the, the right kind of cockiness there. Is, is there? You mentioned confidence before. Just how confident are the young players about uh, about what they are good at? Well, that's the modern player, isn't it? Right? They're all confident. They're all highly skilled. All these guys work on their their small little details to their game, uh, maybe more so than we've ever seen. The skill you hear from from veteran players is as high as. It's ever been at the AHL level. These guys come in confident. They know they can score. They know they can produce. But what has been really fun to watch has just been the overall attitude. There's no ego to these guys, and they're excited to be in the AHL. And I think they've all enjoyed being around one another. You see it firsthand. In the American League, it's a much younger league than maybe it was even a decade ago. So what it affords is for young players to kind of grow together. They're all around the same age. They're all able to, to hang out and enjoy each other's company. Most of them live together. And the, the long-term goal, I think, for the organization and what many organizations hope for is they're able to grow together in the AHL and then step into the NHL with that built-in chemistry, and not just on the ice, but off the ice as well. So, yeah, they are, they're all oozing with talent. They're all oozing with confidence. And, uh, you know, again, they're very mature. It's, it's, it's funny when you, you think back. Uh, I think back when I was 20 years old, I, I by no means was I at the level that these guys are. They're just so professionally trained from a – from an interview standpoint, the way they conduct themselves and their approach to the game, um, and, and I think it, it goes back to the to the way that youth hockey is, is structured nowadays and the path to get to the highest level. All these guys are are, are mature beyond their years and, and kind of prepared for these situations. So, yes, they have no problem trying some real, uh, I would say, dazzling moves in, in critical situations. We just saw it the other night. One of our players went for the, the Michigan, Daniil Gushin. So, um it happens all the time. It seems like it's on a nightly occurrence one of these young players is trying to move like that. You say you didn't have that kind of confidence when you were their age. I'm still not that confident, but we'll work our <laughs> way up to it. We're with Nick Nolenberger, voice of the San Jose Barracuda. Looking between the pipes and uh, A2 McEnany, who just came back from the San Jose Sharks uh, a few days ago. He's been up and down a little bit between the NHL and AHL levels, but he was, if I'm not mistaken, one of the, the key return pieces in the Brent Burns trade with the Carolina Hurricanes. How's he been performing uh, overall in his first season in San Jose? Yeah, he's been he's been doing really good. You know, he's coming off uh, last year. He had to have a season-ending surgery, um, which put him into a little bit of an interesting spot within Carolina's organization and, and their depth and where they saw the goaltending position. 
he was incredible in his short stint last year with the Chicago Wolves, who obviously went on to win the Calder Cup championship. And he had to shut it down around Christmas and didn't play again for the remainder of the year. But he's got great size. He's six foot two, six foot three, uh, just under 200 pounds. He's got a great resume so far in the AHL. Got his first taste in the NHL, picked up a 6-1 win in his first start on the road in Anaheim the other night against the Ducks. So from a physical standpoint, he's got all the tools. And yeah, he was a big return piece in that deal that included Brent Burns. And when they brought him in, it was kind of interesting because the organization had signed Straussman, who had played at Michigan and then last year was overseas in Sweden. They also brought in Aaron Dell during uh, free agency. So all of a sudden there was this real log jam at the goalie position. But as we've seen, and the Golden Knights can attest, all of a sudden you think you have goalie depth and it can be challenged overnight. So the Sharks have dealt with some injury situations this year and McEnany got an opportunity. And again, he's shown a lot this year that, that makes Sharks fans very encouraged about what his future could be as a potential number one in the NHL down the line. Nick, before we let you go, one more question I absolutely have to ask. You mentioned uh, first-year head coach John McCarthy. Uh, if there was ever anyone stepping into big shoes, it's John McCarthy as Roy Sommer, uh, who's now at the San Diego Gulls, the all-time winningest head coach in AHL history and did almost all of it in the San Jose organization. He's an institution in the San Jose Sharks organization. Uh, but John McCarthy's come in and really had a nice start to the season. How has his evolution as a coach been in these first few months? Yeah, it's been, it's been pretty incredible to see because this is a guy who didn't have a ton of coaching experience. He had been an assistant with the Barracuda for part of a year. Uh, he suffered a stroke a couple of years ago while he was playing and then decided to hang him up and join the coaching staff almost immediately, served the remainder of the year as an assistant. That was actually the year that Roy Sommer went up to the NHL and served as an associate coach. Sommer would come back the following year, and then John would take over a development coach role where he'd go and visit prospects whether it was in junior in college and work with them on the ice and just keep tabs on some of the prospects. So he does not have a, a, a long resume from a coaching standpoint, but he's come in, he's been confident, he's relied on his playing history and his career. He had a, a decade-long career and mostly spent in the AHL, but he's just a, he's a really articulate guy, really intelligent guy. He's able to control the room. Everybody has respect for him. Uh, he's the nicest guy you could meet. He has time for everybody, and um, I think that goes a long way with the guys. He, he's just a very easy guy to relate to. He's not that far removed from his playing career, so there's still that connection. Um, and, you know, he's got a good young team, and I think he, he's done a great job helping lead the guys. He's got some really good assistants. He's got a really good video coach this year that's helped him out, uh, and Eric Pinsky who's been a, a resource for him as well. So a good staff around him. But, uh, it, again, from my Spanish point, it, it's been pretty incredible to see him just jump right in and basically uh, took the bull by the horns, if you will, in terms of uh, guiding this this team. So he, he seems like a seasoned guy, and for anybody to fill in for Roy, obviously those are big shoes. Uh, but I, I think he's been a he's been a perfect fit so far. Well, two young teams coming into the DLC tonight, looking for points before Christmas. It's going to be a good one, and we look forward to it. Nick Nolenberger, thanks for joining us, and I'll see you in a couple hours. All right, sounds good, Brian. Thank you. That is Nick Nolenberger, the voice of the San Jose Barracuda who have won three of their last six coming into the Dollar Loan Center tonight, but all three of the meetings thus far this season between these two teams. Silver Knights fans, don't miss a minute of AHL action this year with AHL TV. You can watch every game live and experience the thrills and excitement of AHL hockey featuring cutting-edge technology, interactive features, and fan-friendly subscription prices. AHL TV is available on multiple devices, so you can watch where you want, when you want, the way you want. 
Visit AHLTV.com and sign up today, AHLTV.com. We will step aside, and when we come back, we'll take a step back, and we'll look at the broader Foley uh, sport, uh, for, uh, we'll look at the broader Black Knight sports uh, landscape as we look at Bill Foley's newest acquisition, AFC Bournemouth of Premier League Soccer and Chief Marketing Officer Eric Tosi will be on to tell us uh, what this deal is going to do for the VGK family. That is straight ahead. Brian McCormick here with you on HSK Today. You're listening to the Henderson Silver Knights Radio Network. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle it! Brian McCormick. Back on HSK today, getting ready for the Silver Knights and San Jose Barracuda tonight at the Dollar Loan Center, which will kick off a four-game homestand for the HSK. But for a moment, we'll turn our attention from the rink to the pitch and discuss the newest edition of Bill Foley's sports family, the AFC Bournemouth Soccer Club of the Premier League Football Club, I should say. I'll get my terminologies right. of Premier League in Europe. And to help us discuss, we bring in Chief Marketing Officer, Mr. Eric Tosi. Eric, thanks so much for taking the time this afternoon. I appreciate it. Brian, always great chatting. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I'm always excited to have you on the line, Eric, because if I have you on the phone, it means we're talking about something big, and this is big, the addition of AFC Bournemouth uh, earlier this week. First off, just it was not a, a short or simple process, I'm sure. How did this come to, together, the involvement of Bill Foley with the Bournemouth Club and, and getting involved in Premier League soccer? Yeah, Bill characterized himself as a serial acquirer, right? And, and he's <laughs> always interested in new deals and exploring new opportunities. And he's really fallen in love with, with sport. And you know, he's made a lot of his money through... Uh, no disrespect, but fairly kind of mundane and, and boring industries. And now since the arrival of uh, NHL hockey and the Vegas Golden Knights, it's completely opened up another area of passion for him. So uh, next on that list was was uh, was football. You know, he, he had been on the record for exploring an opportunity to bring a major league soccer team here to Vegas. Um, that unfortunately did not work out. So then turned his sights over to Europe. And here we are uh just about 24 hours removed from a major announcement that we've acquired AFC Bournemouth in the Premier League. One thing that Bill Foley's always been vocal about and has done a good job of is he's an engaged owner. He'll speak up when there's something that requires his attention, but he also trusts his experts in their given field to be experts in their given field. Let the hockey people be hockey people, make hockey decisions, what have you. What is the FEG involvement going to look like on the Bournemouth side in terms of what what the role plays in uh, in the ownership facet? And you know, that's the exact right way to characterize it, Brian, because there's just going to be a support perspective from the resources. And that's what Bill has done uh, so well here in terms of letting the hockey people, he's not going to come in and, and folks aren't going to come in and, expecting to have all the answers in areas that they don't know or don't have the ex- expertise or experience. So where we can really help out, particularly from just the financial side, because if you go over to Bournemouth, they are their facilities are a bit older. They do operate in the smallest venue, the smallest stadium in the entire Premier League. Uh, the premium areas, the fan experience is, is, uh, you know, is not probably where it should be from a Premier League team. And that's not saying anything that um, you know, it's disparaging or that anybody doesn't uh, know or understand there. It's in the Premier League now, right? So the, the level and the standard needs to be higher. So I think that's where the support is going to be there from Foley Entertainment Group is to take some of the learnings that, you know, that we've had here, some of the, uh, some of the wins, some of what has worked really well, and, uh, and look to apply it and bring it over there from a fan experience perspective. And so beyond just the financial commitment, but I think you're going to see, too, just like the Golden Knights have, Brian, right? We're spending to the cap always after, you know, big game hunting come trade deadline and, and it being a 
a destination for the marquee free agents that are on the market at a given trade deadline or free agency period. And that's going to be the same approach to, to Bournemouth and that we want it to be a destination for some of the top players and we'll continue to add to the roster and give their football operations team the resources and the support in order to make those acquisitions. With Eric Tosi, Chief Marketing Officer for the Golden Knights, you touched on something that I was hoping you would, Eric, which is when you look at the sports teams that Foley Entertainment Group is involved with, whether it's VGK, HSK, Nighthawks, there's two pillars uh, with the expectation for Bill Foley. One is winning, and the other is that it's going to be a unique fan experience. And when you look at this AFC Bournemouth club, five years ago, if I'm not mistaken, they weren't in the Premier League. They were in League One. So this is already an accelerating, growing product uh, that Bill Foley can now try to take to the next level. Correct. It's been in the, Bournemouth has been in the Premier League six out of the last eight seasons, so there has been some promotion. There's been some relegation as well, and kind of one of those clubs that's mid-table right now. Um, and, you know, it's very competitive. As you know, the top three teams, uh, excuse me, the bottom three teams are getting relegated, so you need to make sure you finish in that top 17. Uh, but as with Bill said, too, the aspirations are higher. I mean, he came in with Vegas saying that, going to be playoffs in three, Stanley Cup in six. People thought that that was a very outlandish and aggressive and ambitious goal to set. Uh, and it's going to be the same approach here with Bournemouth. We may not compete for the title next year, but certainly are going to be given the resources to compete and remain up in the Premier League, which should be really exciting for the supporters to hear because there is that commitment now that, hey, we're going to make the investments on the pitch and we got to make sure that we stay up because it's, that's where we want to be, top flight, top level. And, uh, and that's going to be the expectation, even though, not to say that previous ownership did not have that vision before, but certainly from a commitment and investment standpoint, that is going to be the expectation now uh, under Bill's leadership. Well, Golden Knights fans are going to be ready to get up early for Premier League soccer going forward. AFC Bournemouth, the newest member of the FEG family. Eric, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, you've been over there in person, boots on the ground as this deal was being put together. Uh, what's the reception been like on the Bournemouth side for this new partnership? The reception has been incredible and uh, extremely excited and even just meeting with some of the, the team members over there and even some of the supporters where because this has been rumored now for the last for the last little bit kind of the worst kept secret in the in the <laughs> Premier League but um, you know there's it's incredible to experience a match over there and I think that's what other fans of, of, of hockey and maybe who've not seen a, a game a match over in Europe before are really going to take a liking to it. Um, and then you throw in the fact of you know Michael B. Jordan involved too, a megastar of, of you know from the Creed fame, Black Panther franchise. Yeah. It just adds a whole level of uh, of excitement, uh, marketing opportunities, and really just fan engagement because of his involvement, which is which is super exciting too. So that you have a new ownership group that has Bill Foley, a super successful businessman who's committed to making the necessary investment, and you have a megastar like Michael B. Jordan who's going to be excited to help promote, help support. Um, you know, be visible around the grounds. How could you not be excited about that? We're with Eric Tosi, Chief Marketing Officer of the Vegas Golden Knights, talking about AFC Bournemouth of the Premier League, now part of the FEG family. And I've got to ask, Eric, you know, we've talked things from the substantive to the superficial. The winning is exciting. The new element for VGK fans to follow is exciting. But the scarves look fantastic. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited about the accessorizing that comes with this, too. We've got a whole new line of gear now that's going to come with Bournemouth Soccer. We do, and, and I'm glad you like the scarves. We'll have a, we'll have a limited <laughs> amount of merchandise, too, at, uh, at the Arsenal here at City National Arena. So you'll, you'll start seeing some Bournemouth gear that will be available, and then you can always go to their e-commerce store uh, online, too, and 
that's where we ordered those a little while ago, too, to have them ready for the announcement. So a very seamless process there. So if you do want to check it out before it arrives in person here in Vegas, you can go to their team store. Very exciting. A lot of fun. AFC Bournemouth, the cherries, if you will, uh, and we'll be following as time goes along. Eric, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up. It's a change of subject, but I'm sure a subject you're very interested in as we're getting ready for the Silver Knights tonight at the Dollar Loan Center. There's more than just Silver Knights hockey at the Dollar Loan Center this week. Tomorrow night we'll see the U.S. and Canadian women's national teams go head-to-head in the rivalry series. A really cool event, best on best, and a really cool opportunity for hockey fans in Vegas uh, to see some Olympic athletes and some of the best in the world. Super cool event, intense, and it's always a great show that they put on, and it's the best in the world, going against the best in the world. So um, it's been an amazing initiative that, uh, that the federations have put together. It's been extremely popular in terms of the turnout that we've seen in other markets, and we're really fortunate and, and grateful to be able to host them, host those two teams here at the Dollar Loan Center. So definitely, if you haven't gotten tickets yet, be sure to check it out. It's going to be a great night of hockey at the Dollar Loan Center tomorrow. And you can get those seats at thedollarloancenter.com. Eric Tosi, Chief Marketing Officer, thank you so much for taking the time this afternoon. We appreciate it, and uh, cheers. Anytime, Brian. Thank you. That is Eric Tosi, and uh, one of the longtime uh, incremental members of VGK leadership from the communications side, now to the marketing side, and uh, with Bill Foley, as mentioned by Eric Tosi, the acquisitions in sports, in wine, in hotels, it's... Uh, an ever-expanding franchise, but uh, this is a really exciting addition. Premier League, and uh, you know, I, I've got a lot of friends personally, especially during the lockout, which I know is going back a ways, but the 2012-13 season when there was no hockey, they needed something else to, to latch on to. And I have so many friends now who have become massive soccer fans, massive Premier League fans. It just seems like a, a natural transition, uh, especially with the, the offensive uh, output of, of Premier League teams. It's For those of you enjoying the World Cup right now, of course, the World Cup is uh, an iconic event that uh, everyone is glued to, but uh, you see a lot of one nothing, a lot of 2-1 games. 2-1 is, is even a little bit of a barn burner sometimes. Uh, the Premier League, a little bit more offensive giddy-up than that uh, from time to time, but uh, it, it just feels like it's a natural parallel for a lot of hockey fans to enjoy Premier League soccer as well, and now Golden Knights fans have their own team in AFC Bournemouth, the Cherries of the Premier League. Make sure you tune in uh, this upcoming season. For the Henderson Silver Knights, uh, they take on the San Jose Barracuda this evening. And for the Silver Knights, so, you know, we talked about the really the, the maturation, I think, is, is a fair word. And you're going to see maturation when you have a young team. That's the point. They're kids and they're growing up. And for the Silver Knights, their roster is not overall young. Spencer Fu, Byron Fraze, Sheldon Rempel, Gage Quinney, there are players on this uh, team that, that have some experience, of course, but there were going to be young players on this roster that were going to be relied upon heavily. When you look at the likes of Daniel Cheka, Lucas Cormier, Brendan Brisson, Ivan Morozov, who's still finding his touch in the AHL, and frankly, even players that we don't really think of as that young anymore, but still very much are so, like the Caden Korzaks and Leighton Ahaks of the lineup. This is a young team, and it's a team that I think in the first few weeks, first month and a half of the season, were not comfortable in one-goal games. Not inherently. They've been playing hockey a long time. They've been on teams that had to win one-goal games in the past. But the scoring was was low. They weren't finding offense consistently. And usually you just assume that that's at some point going to kind of 
break out. Uh, and it didn't, and, and really still hasn't. Right now, the Silver Knights go from not scoring enough and finding ways to lose to now they're scoring enough to win opportunistically, situationally. And doing it with uh, depth in the lineup, Connor Ford was the hero on Saturday in Colorado. So for the Silver Knights, finding their way offensively, doing a lot of things right, and hoping that they can translate that to two points against the San Jose Barracuda this evening. That'll do it for our HSK Today program. The Henderson Silver Knights and San Jose Barracuda will drop the puck at 7 p.m., pregame at 6.30, right here on 1230 of the game. Thank you to Nick Nolenberger for joining the program and Eric Tosi as well. Henderson Silver Knights kicking off a four-game homestand this evening. I'm Brian McCormick. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you tonight for Silver Knights Hockey. Again, a 7 o'clock puck drop right here on 1230 of the game. We'll see you tonight, everybody.